hey, Rusty Gillette, alcoholic, sobriety date, November 26, 1983. The favorite paragraph, and by the way, I'm, I'm reading out of the Alcoholics Anonymous book, the fourth edition, uh, and the story that I want to talk about, actually the paragraph in the story, uh, used to be Dr. Alcoholic Addict up until the fourth edition, and they changed it to acceptance was the answer. Universally, on 417 is the acceptance page, and that's not the paragraph that is my favorite paragraph. The paragraph that that I love is on 420. It's on the last page, and I'm going to read it, and then I'm, but I'm also, I want to read the rest of it too there. It's just a short, it starts at, perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of, and of course everybody knows Max, that's his wife, but you can put anybody's name that you want to in there. So the higher my expectations of Julianne, and that's my wife, and other people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But then my rights, oh, I love this, this is the... <laughs> But then my rights try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And there's the key for me my emotional sobriety. And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than on anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Now I'm gonna read these last two little paragraphs too. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just said and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever it is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. Now, I, love, I get goosebumps when I read this last paragraph. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Now, in the paragraph, the first paragraph I read, there is so much in that. It tells me how to that if I want to live with emotional sobriety, the number one thing that I have to do is try to rid myself of expectations of others. Now, 
maybe for other people that's easy to do, but not for me. You know, my judgments come in there. My expectations say that uh, he ought to be or she ought to be or they ought to be doing this, this, and this. And ever, when I do that, what happens to my serenity level? My emotional sobriety, it fades. It fades into almost nothingness. And I know when, I can tell when it's happening to me because my energy level starts to change. And pretty soon I'm past expectations, I'm into demanding. I go back to this most every day. There's so much just in those two words, emotional sobriety. November 26th of this year, I will have 40 years clean and sober and alcoholics. For those of you that aren't present, I get to watch my friend get emotional. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't been able to have 40 years of emotional sobriety. But in that time, I have done my very best to do the best that I can with not only the steps, but with the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I do that, as it says at the bottom, I've never had it so good. What was Michael? I can tell you one thing. It was one of my favorite, favorite paragraphs, the perhaps paragraph, because I'd never had uh, wisdom given to me like that paragraph what's out there mm -hmm. I never had any idea that it was my expe expectations of others or myself I mean I actually think it was easier for me to catch where I was having too many expectations of others it was a little more complicated to find where I'd put so many expectations on me mm -hmm. when Rusty was talking earlier I mean you have to understand this man was my sponsor for 15 years so it's not like you know we don't know each other extremely well but when he mentioned that he had his issues with his kids where he had really probably done his, what he conceives most damage to those children. And what we have discovered many, many conversations were is even if you are there every day being the parent every day, and I was, you have the same guilts. Mm -hmm. You have the same areas that you think you may have failed. And I've tried, and I think he would admit this, I've tried to share that with him. It doesn't matter because we still have that same feeling even though we both chose different paths. Mm -hmm. And he was also the one that taught me, you know, growing up, I did not have a male role model. For the longest time, I used to creep into some self-pity about that. But the reality is, had that been any different, then I probably would not have made such an effort to be there for my four kids. When you consider that, it's actually the gift that he gave me because of how important it was to me not getting it. So while people might feel awkward about how they chose to raise their kids, we never know what they get out of our example. Sometimes it's to be like us. Sometimes it's to be the opposite of the way we behaved. Mm -hmm. And so 
what that taught me, and it was Gil that helped me see that. When I raised these four kids myself, and I used to complain about never having a respite because their mom was not anywhere around. Mm-hmm. And I complained about that, and he goes, would you rather have her here in the same town as us? <laughs> and I went, well, no. And he goes, then shut up. Because truth of the matter is, I didn't want that influence around them. It wasn't a good influence. But I think about it now, they've all chosen their own paths regardless of my example. And I don't, as he would say, I don't get to take credit or blame for what they decide to do. Just for the example I try to set. And that's the same way in AA. With sponsees, with friends, any of that. You know, we don't make each other do anything. Period. We don't. We can only be responsible for the image we try to portray and make an effort to portray. Who knows? But yeah, to answer your question, this has been one of my favorite paragraphs. Really? Yes, it is. Well, Mm -hmm. while we're on this, uh, just a notation for all the perfectionists that might be listening in. (laughs) That would be me. I'm Mm -hmm. number one. I was going to say, how can can he recognize that? How did I? Yeah, how did I recognize all that? It's been the hardest thing for me, the the expectations that I have of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me maybe three or four years to really get that that my expect this thing about the expectations of others. But I never really got it about the expectations that I put on myself. Because one of the things that before, you know, there's before sobriety and then there's sobriety and then there's after sobriety or when you're into sobriety, excuse me. Now, one of the the things that, and you guys know this is one of my favorite sayings, you don't sober up Adolf Hitler and get Oral Roberts. And what, what that says is that you don't take this one personality and just because you, you take the drug or the drink away that you're a whole new personality. And until I got sober, the perfectionism, I thought that's what you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I worked for perfection. And when I got to sobriety and started learning this stuff, found out that perfectionism is not necessarily a good thing. In fact, a lot of times it's not a good thing. And especially when I'm expecting others to be perfect like me. I can remember the first time that Gil, I went to see Gil as my sponsor, Michael sponsored too. Mm-hmm. But but Gil sent me home. And Gil was not a perfectionist, believe me. He was mm-hmm. anything but that. And he sent me home and he knew I had uh, these glass tabletops, smoked glass. And they had to be clean all the time. I was a clean freak. Pretty much still, maybe still am. But I don't expect it of others. And I'm much easier on myself. But what he did, he says, I want you to go home. And for a week, I don't want you to use the Windex. (laughs) Don't use the Windex on the smoked glass. And I tell you, that's one of the hardest. I mean, now you want to get on-the-job training about 
perfectionism, and it, it just brings it right up into your face. It sounds trivial, but for me, it was huge. That's, that's just one of the things that you start to learn through recovery. And what's funny is, as he mentioned, Gil, Gil worked with both of us, and I happened to be around when, when he gave you that assignment. And he said, actually, I'm back during another assignment that he doesn't know. I want him to practice a little tolerance. <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live. See how long he could tolerate that dust on those tabletops. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anytime Dursty was around both of us, he would look at me, and we just knew he was talking about the tolerance part of that assignment. Right. And truth be known, you know, I, you know, some of the greatest things we can do for new people and sponsees is really let them see that we're still working to get right. better. Yeah. I mean, sometimes Absolutely. I have to explain to my guys, you know, it's easy for people newly sober working with somebody. It's easy for them to put you on a pedestal, which is an uncomfortable position in any situation. But sometimes the best lessons we can give new people is that, yeah, we're out here. You can't grow in this program without erring and right. growing from those decisions you probably wouldn't make again. I think that's, that's as beneficial as any, you know, thing that keeps them from taking the next drink. Just to let them know, you know, if you're lucky, and that's the that's it. I mean, the people I hang around with are all working a program. And working a program means you're going to err and you're going to succeed. For me, today's lessons are a lot more about saving myself the errors as much as I can. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't make them. It just means mm -hmm. I have a pause to work with. I've got one little last thing that I, I just wanted to pass on to, to anyone listening, whether you're a sponsor or not. Now, here's a, for me, a good part of, of that perfectionism that I, that I hang on to. This uh, paragraph that I just read, I typed, the, I typed that up and I left out the higher my expectations of Max. Well, I left Max out of there with with a line mm -hmm. and I will I will give that out a sponsee or a client mm -hmm. I, I've given this to people that have no problem with drinking mm -hmm. they have marital problems but I give this to them mm -hmm. and say I want you to practice this and I'm telling you it's powerful and they can put their wife or their husbands or their kid, whoever it is, their boss, they can put that in there and it mm -hmm. changes things for them. Because the, the normies out there, we all have the same problems, believe me. Once we get the drinking and the drugging out of the way, we all got the same stuff. This has been a production of childrenofchaos.net and we invite you to share your thoughts with us via email to comments at childrenofchaos.net. Children of Chaos is a forum to discuss topics related to and in concert with addiction and recovery in America, is not affiliated with, endorsed, or financed by any recovery or treatment program, organization, or institution. Any views, thoughts, or opinions expressed by an individual in this venue are solely that of the individual 
and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of any specific recovery-based entity or organization.